4. And you just have to bear with me. The Bible says, And after this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was as it was of a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. And immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, the throne, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne, and he, and he that sat was to look upon like jasper and a sardine stone. And there was a rainbow around the throne, in sight like unto an emerald. And around about the throne were four and twenty seats, and upon the seats I saw four and twenty elders sitting clothed in white raiment. And they had on their heads crowns of gold. And out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunders and voices, and there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne there was a sea of glass unto, like unto a crystal. And in the midst of the throne and around about the throne were four beasts full of eyes before and behind. And the first beast was like a lion, and the second beast like a calf, and the third beast had a face as a man, and the fourth beast was like a flying eagle. And the four beasts had each of them six wings about him, and they were full of eyes within. And they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. And when those beasts give glory and honor and thanks to Him that sat on the throne, who liveth forever and ever. And the four and twenty elders fall down before them that sat on the throne and worshipped Him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord. To receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things. And for thy pleasure they are and were created. Now I hope this morning that maybe you're beginning to uh, get a picture of this God um, that we serve. Um, when I begin to think about uh, the days that we're living in and the times that we're living in. Um, it seems as though um, we make light of who God is. I mean, when you begin to start searching out the Scriptures of who He is, you see people whose lives were changed by encountering this holy God. And before their lives were changed, I believe their perspective of Him was changed. I'm satisfied that if we could... Uh, not if we could glimpse Him, but if He was to just glimpse at us... As the song says, we would fall on our knees. Our God is a holy God. So my question to you this morning is, who is God to you? I'm often guilty of beginning my prayer by saying, Father, I'm thankful for who you are, without even considering who He is. Now I know that, that when I pin that, that was probably the most honest evaluation that I've had in a long time. Every time I pray, I say, Lord, I'm thankful for who you are. But so often, it's just words out of my mouth. I can tell you that these men and women whose lives were impacted by our Lord in the Scripture were forever changed by the Lord. I'm sure they would have been troubled by someone who spoke of him as the man upstairs. 
when he becomes the subject of a stand-up comedian or a cartoon, their heart would be broken in light of them not knowing the Lord of their life. I wonder how often... In, <laughs> Lord, I'm so guilty. What happened to the righteous indignation of someone that would make a mockery? It's become so common. And we can laugh about it. And I am guilty of that. But what about the brokenness of that person really not knowing? And some would even argue maybe they do. Maybe that's just showbiz. I can't answer that. I can't even say that if I knew him, I wouldn't because I have laughed. So I ask again, who is God to you? What does it mean to say that God is holy? I can tell you this morning that it means that He is one of superior can't even read my writing. I'll just tell you, I know that He is one of a superior being. And it's not just the one characteristic about Him that's holy. You can't just say, well, He's holy because He's, um, you know, our Savior, or because He's in heaven. When you think of God being holy, you can't think of anything other than the fact that God is holy. It's not just one characteristic or this characteristic. It is all of His character. Everything that God is, He embodies holiness. Holiness, when applies to God, means that He is utterly unique. He is incomparable. He's matchless. And there is no one parallel to Him. He has no equal. He's not just a supersized version of us. He is the God of heaven and earth. The one that spoke and said, I am the God of your fathers. You know, I thought about this the other day when I was praying, and he's, it's like He was speaking to me, and He was. He was speaking to me just like He'll speak to you today when you are included, when He says, I am the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob, and I am the God of you. You say, well, am I descended? I don't know if you're, you can track your bloodline, but I can tell you that you were grafted in if you've been born again. You are a, a son of the living God. Oh, what manner of love that God hath bestowed upon us that we can be called the children of God. That's my God. He's not just someone like me. He is greater than me. He has no equal. In Isaiah 40, 25 and 26, God asked, To whom will ye liken me, or who shall be my equal? Saith the Holy One. Verse 26, Lift up your eyes on high, and behold, who hath created these things, that bring out their host by number. He calleth them all by name, and by the greatness of His might, for that He is strong in power. No one faileth. And we must answer Him, there is no comparison. 
God is not just some supersized version of you. He's matchless. He's in a class all by Himself. He is subject to nothing. And He answers to no one. This is who God is. Now I want to say that laying hold of this concept should and ought to change your life. I mean, we live out our day-to-day life and we have our prayers and we have our routines. We, we live life. And we've, we've heard it preached time and time again to live life in light of eternity. And oh, our eternity won't be eternity. Our heaven won't be heaven. Uh, you've heard me say this before. If you get to heaven and Jesus is not there, then you didn't make it. The whole focus of heaven, the whole focus of our eternity is the fact that Jesus is there. And we will see Him. And the Bible teaches us that we'll see Him as, we, as He is because we will be like unto Him. And we'll get to that here in a minute. Can we see Him now? Well, what a question that is to ask. I want to tell you today that I believe that in His Scriptures, He gives us a glimpse of who He is. We could see His heart. We read His standards and we see His holiness. That's a, His do's and His don'ts. But we see Him... If you're merely reading the Word and seeing the do's and don'ts, you're missing Jesus. And we'll get to that in a minute. You can rejoice in God like Hannah did in 1 Samuel 2.2 when He answered her prayer for a son saying, There is no one holy like You, Lord. There is no one besides You, no rock like our God. The second thing when referring to God's holiness, is His absolute purity. The first thing is He is set apart. He is a cut above everything. There's no one like Him. Holiness is being set apart from anything impure in order to be completely given over to what God says is pure. When you apply this meaning to God, His holiness points to what is said in 1 John 1.5. This is the message which we have heard of Him and declaring to you that God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. James 1.13 says, God cannot be tempted, nor will He tempt any man. But a man is tempted when he's drawn away in his own lust and his own enticed. Habakkuk 1.13 says, Thou art of purer eyes than to behold evil, and canst not look on iniquity. God embodies the pureness of holiness. He's absolutely pure. To think of sin and the nature of sin and to Apply that to God is a falsehood. And that's something we need to lay hold of today because we have circumstances in our lives. We have things that hurt. We have things that trouble us. We have things that are hard. We go through things and it's called life and it's, it's difficult. 
And if we don't have an understanding of God and the fact that His purity is that that is of pure righteousness, that there is no good laid to Him, or no uh, non-good, that's the only word I can think of right there, laid to His name, then we will miss, and we will miss the meaning of life. We will be so focused on the trouble and we'll say, God, why are you doing this to me? And, and lay it to the point of Him being harmful. But God's uh, intent for us is, is born out of love and out of grace and all that goes on and all that happens. Well, I can't say of all because I can tell you I've made some dumb decisions that's had some really harsh consequences. But even in that, when I come out the other end and I get my head right and my heart right, I can say, Lord, Thou art holy. Thou art righteous. Thou art wonderful. You are our wonderful counselor. You are everything to me. And in that, I can learn and I can rejoice. In a word, God is perfect. He's without sin. He's flawless. And there's no darkness in His understanding. Now church, there's darkness in ours. We are, we are just, I don't know if the word is right, lathing, or we're just covered in this uh, flesh, in this carnal mind. And that's why it's important to understand that. There's no spot in His will. That sometimes is hard to, to grab a hold of. Some of us think we're on the lower road because of our life mistakes. Church, I want to tell you, it's plan A all the way. There's no spot in His will for your life. You're on the road to heaven. And through all of our dumb choices, you might not hear the word dumb out of the pulpit in too many places, but that's exactly what they are. Um, God takes that and uses it to His glory, and through His perfect will, He is glorified in it. He possesses all truth. Well, you better lay hold of that one. <laughs> because His will is perfect and nothing will deviate Him from it. Nothing. Hear me, church, nothing. Not a choice that you make in this life will deviate Him from His will. That's You say, well, I've, I'm a man and I, can, I have free will. I'm going to tell you today, church, nothing will deviate him from his will. The question is, is how do we get to where his will and our will are lining up? I could tell you today, if you're in that place where you're just struggling and beating against the wall, God's will's still going forward. And as you're beating against the wall, he's saying, come line up with me. Let me show you the blessings of life. You see, those that beating against the wall, boy, I've beat against it a lot in my life. And I come to find out most of the time it's just me being stubborn and ignorant and selfish and sinful. No doubt. God loves all truth and goodness, and He hates all falsity and evil. 
This is who God is. And with these concepts of purpose and purity and God established, I will ask another question. How does this relate to us? The one thing I'm sure of is this. Only holy people can and will see our holy God. Unholy people will never lay eyes on Him. Hebrews 12.14 says, Follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see God. Isaiah 59.2 says, But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid His face from you. That He will not hear you. So what hope have I who by nature and by choice am a sinner? Psalms 23 verses 3 through 5. I've got this marked. So I'm going to read it. I may have tore that out of my Bible. There we go. Psalms 24 verse 3 says, Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who shall stand in His holy place? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully, he shall receive the blessing from the Lord, and righteousness from the God of his salvation. Now, the question here is, what hope do I have when I look into the Scriptures and I search out God's Word and I find verses like in Romans where it says, there was none that sought after me. No, not one. There is none that were righteous. When I look and I see how that over in the first part of chapter uh, of Romans chapter 1, it uh, starts out something like, uh, uh, For when they knew Him as God, they did not worship Him as God, neither were they thankful. And changed the glory of a, an incorruptible God into the likeness of a corruptible man. Me! Who, I know me. I know that my, my daily life is riddled with sin. How can a God who rejects iniquity, that can't lay eyes upon sin, that can't even look upon it, and, and His requirement to stand before Him is absolute holiness. And yet here we are, so riddled with sin. So sick with sin. Have you ever thought and just took uh, um, an inventory of the thoughts that cross your mind in a day? How awful. I'm being honest. I stand here before you preaching God's Word and I'm going to tell you some of the things that go through my mind. I think, How? First Peter 3.18 has the answer. 
For Christ also suffered for sin once and for all. The righteous for the unrighteous. That He might bring you to God. After being put to death in the fleshly realm, but made alive in the spiritual realm. And I want to tell you, church, I have hope today. In this life that I live that's riddled with sin, if Denver Bradley was here today, he'd tell you about trucking with me on the road. And that old road rage. <laughs> but it's deeper than that. But I'm glad today that when I think about God's holiness and His requirement, I can't help but say that verse again. Oh, the manner of love that God hath bestowed upon us that we could be called the children. The children of God. Have you thought about that? As you, as you enter into this Christmas season and, and we think about God coming down and entering into this world to step out of heaven, born as a child, but don't forget the suffering and the death. But it was for one purpose and one purpose alone that you might receive the righteousness of the Holy God and that you can stand before Him and that you can be with Him and that you can have that fellowship with Him apart from sin. Now I want to tell you that is something worth having a hallelujah moment over. And if you're failing to think about that, I hope today that you're reminded What God's holiness demanded, His His grace provided in Jesus Christ our Lord. His holiness clothes me. I stand before God in a righteousness that is not my own. Forgiven, accepted, and granted sonship with all of its privileges. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So in conclusion, I want to ask you something today, church. Do you have saving holiness? Do you have the holiness of God working for you in Christ? Or is His holiness working against you? Because church, you'll not stand before Him and you'll not see Him apart from Jesus. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. He said, let not your heart be troubled. If you believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have not told you. So I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am there you may be also. I want to tell you, in light of God's holiness, it brings a fear and a trembling to my heart. And today, lost person, that holiness will work against you in that day without Christ. If you've never received Him as your Savior, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Why have you not done it? You've heard, and it's not a cliche, it's a fact. We're not promised tomorrow. I'm glad today He sees Christ in me. It's Christ in me. Christ in me.
do you have the holiness of God working for you in Christ? Or is it His holiness working against you? That's the first thing. Do you have a serving holiness? What is it about God? That provokes you to worship, to serve. What is the evidence in your daily life that the Holy Spirit of God indwells you? Are you caught up in your bad habits? In your strongholds? He's, it's all under His feet. He defeated death, hell, and the grave. And I'm going to tell you, you lay hold of God today and you can overcome this world. He said you're not of the world. But you're a separate people. And He said to go into that world and be you a separate people. And how often do we find ourselves caught up in all of it? And all these struggles. I'm not going to name them, but I could tell you the Holy Spirit's naming them right now in your heart. Turn them loose and serve the Lord. How beautiful He is. And how much... I've said this analogy and you just thought you was going to get out of this. And, but I love my wife and I think she's the most beautiful thing in the world. And out of that provokes every ounce of loyalty I have to her. Oh, I wished I could say that with the most up confidence and truth about the way I serve the Lord. But I find myself riddled so often with sin. In the invitation, I'm going to read you the lyrics of this song. I actually had planned on preaching this message on the 27th, and Lita was hopefully going to be able to sing this song. I'm going to do you a service of not singing it. The song is titled, What Do I Know of Holy? by Addison Road. And it starts out, it says, I made you promises a thousand times. I've tried to hear from heaven, but I've talked the whole time. I think I've made you too small. I never fear you at all. If you touched my face, would I know you? If you looked into my eyes, could I behold you? What do I know of you who spoke me into motion? Where have I even stood but the shore along your ocean? Are you fire? Are you fury? Are you sacred? Are you beautiful? What do I know of holy? I'd really thought that I had figured you out. I knew all the stories and I learned to talk about how you were mighty to save. But those were only empty words on a page. But then I caught a glimpse of who you might be. The slightest hint of you brought me down to my knees. So what do I know of you who spoke me into motion? And where have I even stood but the shore Along your ocean. Are you fire? Are you fury? Are you sacred? Are you beautiful? What do I know of holy? What do I know of holy? What do I know of wounds that would heal my pain? 
and a God who gave life His name. What do I know of holy? Of the one who the angels praise. On heaven and earth above. What do I know of this love? I want to ask you something today, church. Lita, if you'd like to get a hymn of invitation. Do you know Him? When you think of God, when you... The way that... I don't know. I don't even know how to say it. What's your relationship to God look like? I can tell you that the work that He procured on the cross for you, He has made you holy. He said, now go be ye holy for I am holy. And I hope today that as you think of this message, lost person, if you've never made a decision for Christ, I pray that today is the day that you come and repent and be born again into the kingdom of heaven. And today if you're not living your life unto the Lord, ask yourself why. Maybe God showed you today what that is. As we stand, would you respond to God? Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. I hope today that the Lord has blessed you. And I hope He continues to bless you. We are blessed beyond measure. Brother, I thank you for coming and singing for us today. Don't forget to visit His table and support the hungry. He said He was hungry. Anybody have a testimony, anything on their heart? before we dismiss. Brother Tom, will you dismiss this service?